good Wednesday afternoon, Saskatchewan. Jamie and I with you here on the Green Zone. I hope you're having a decent day as the, the weather has definitely taken a bit of a turn as some fog around Saskatchewan, warmer air, colder air. You're seeing a lot more fog, but, you know, zeros, maybe plus twos, highs coming up. That cold spell is over for now. We know it's only January. We're going into February. It'll come back eventually, but we'll enjoy the little bit of above-average temperatures. Uh, Lots of news today to get to. And the biggest story that came down was the Globe and Mail earlier today. That they have two unnamed sources with direct knowledge that police in London, Ontario are directing five players from Canada's 2018 World Junior Team to report to police. And, of course, the 2018 World Junior Team is the team that started it all in what really started to take down the big brass of Hockey Canada. And sponsors ran away with the sexual assault allegations from June of 2018 at a gold medal celebratory event. Of course, they won the gold medal in January, and then in the summer they were in London uh, for a major event with Hockey Canada. Some of the players were not there, uh, were not attending, but a lot of the team was there. And that report was, that evening, one of the players... And this is detailed in multiple reports of what happened there allegedly happened that night. One of the players and a woman at an event met, went back to the hotel room, and it was consensual relations. And then all of a sudden, players started coming into the room. And from there, it is unraveled to today where the report is London police have requested five players to direct themselves to police in London, Ontario, to face charges of sexual assault. And I think a lot of people, including some of the young men on that team who weren't involved, are saying, finally, after six years, and especially over the last two and a half years since this came to light, we will soon hopefully, start naming some names. Because there's a few young men who have made millions of dollars who were allegedly involved with this, whose reputations weren't dragged down like you see in NFL drafts and stuff. Something goes down, they don't get drafted. But because Hockey Canada did their best with some of your fees, ladies and gentlemen, that you paid to Hockey Canada, tried to hush it up, put it under the carpet, and let 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 the boys move on with it. There's a really talented young man. We wouldn't want to drag down their reputations. Let's just let's just try to pay her off and. Uh, Hopefully she stays quiet because, my goodness, this wouldn't look good. They use some of your fees to cover these guys' butts up. But now, here we are today, in which five players are being told 
you will be facing charges of sexual assault, please come quietly. Because you wouldn't want the warrants to come out and everything knocking on your locker room door in the National Hockey League with a police escort or waiting until they play Toronto or someone like that when they fly into Canada and pluck them off a plane. You wouldn't want that. So that's where we're at today. And, of course, it's all out there. Like I'm going to be upfront and honest with you. It's all out there because everybody wants to name names. Unfortunately, there's a few players whose names are going all over social media just because of the assumption, oh, he never spoke of it, so maybe he's involved. But over the last three days, and of course, we don't know, this could all be coincidence, but over the last three days, five players from the 2018 team have requested and been granted leave from their professional teams. One of the players is in Switzerland. Two of them are on the New Jersey Devils. One of them is Philadelphia Flyers goaltender Carter Hart. And, of course, Calgary Flames' Dylan Dubay a few days ago. They cited mental health, and he's seeking professional help and all that stuff. Again, could be a terrible coincidence. But it's out there. The teams have posted. These are players that have requested absence and have been granted absence indefinitely uh, from the teams. So here we are today, expecting even more news to come soon. As one of the players from Switzerland, their team announced he requested leave and is returning to Canada in that one. So there we are today. The 2018 World Junior Investigation is finally getting closer and closer to the stage where we're going to find out names of those alleged charges of sexual assault. And I think there's a lot of players who will still have to testify because some of the details where they're using Snapchat and other stuff and reportedly asking this girl to make sure you say you're sober, make sure you say you're sober was part of her testimony. So there's going to be other players involved who will likely have to testify or will be asked. But we'll see how far it goes. They might be advised to say, uh, avoid the court case, plead guilty. You don't know what they're going to be advised to do at all. But, man, today's story brought back that you, you know what's at Hockey Canada who covered these guys' butts. Like, are you serious? With this young woman, consensual initially with the young player, but from her story, and remember her dad, her stepfather, went Right away, the next day, this isn't like she came out of nowhere three years later. It was the next day he wanted some answers on what the heck happened in that hotel room. And from that point forward, Hockey Canada, remember, with some of the money you paid for your fees, helped pay them off with a settlement. 
for all those who are like, oh, I sympathize for all the people at Hockey Canada who lost their Who cares about them? Move on. Leave it alone. We should be thankful this came out and they're no longer able to cover up any more alleged sexual assaults from their dear under-20 world junior hockey gods. But we'll see where it goes from here. That is the big story of the day for sure when it comes to the world of sports. There's a lot coming up here on the Green Zone, aside from my thoughts on the World Junior investigation that took a major leap forward today with the report from the Globe and Mail. But we will talk about the Edmonton Oilers. 14 straight games? Can, can we put it down to 15? They take on the Chicago Blackhawks, and with all the injuries they have faced, unfortunately, they, the Edmonton Oilers are a far superior time. But you never know. That first two periods last night and for the Oilers... Leon Dreisaitl looked lost out there at times. Like, just double-clutching. Usually he just gets the puck and fires. He was overthinking. He was losing the puck. It was like, where are their heads at? And then the third period at a 1-1 tie against Columbus, and they just cruised to a 4-1 win. Stuart Skinner breaks Grant Fear's record for most consecutive wins in Oiler franchise history. The Edmonton Oilers are the first team ever to win 12 straight, win 12 straight games while allowing two goals or less. This is a historic run, and we'll see if it gets to the point where they break the NHL record for most consecutive wins as set by the 92-93 Pittsburgh Penguins. And no, that team did not win the Stanley Cup. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I with you here on the Green Zone on this Wednesday afternoon. We're going to take you to Kansas City as the uh, sideline reporter and Kansas City radio host. Josh Klingler will uh, join us on the Kansas City Chiefs going back again to the AFC Championship game. They face Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. And here's Lamar on discussing if if he likes going up against... uh, Patrick Mahomes. I know you're playing against the Chiefs defense, but everybody's going to talk about you and Pat Mahomes. What is it about that kind of matchup that you really like? What is it about competing against him that you really like? I don't like competing against him at all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Josh Allen probably agrees, the uh, quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, because Josh Allen can't beat him in the playoffs. I'm interested to see Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco, the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, a little nicked. Um, they believe he'll be able to play on Sunday. There's actually a few key injuries for the NFC and AFC at championship game. Not sure of uh, Debo Samuel's status, the great receiver, um, Swiss Army knife for the offense of the 49ers uh, for the NFC side of things. But we'll uh, talk uh, to Josh Klingler in Kansas City about the Chiefs and the Ravens. But one of the big moments from the Bills' Chiefs game did not happen on the field. It very much happened off the field. You you know it. Jason Kelsey, after Travis's touchdown, jumps out of the suite, chugs a beer. He's shirtless. He's losing his mind with uh, Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes and 
Well, well, his wife, uh, Kylie Kelsey, was also in the suite, and Zach Kalaros was in the suite, the quarterback of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Today's the day the New Heights podcast comes out, the Kelsey Brothers podcast, and everybody was waiting, well, what are they going to talk about with Jason jumping out of the suite? Well, well, here, here you have it. You celebrated my touchdown by taking off your shirt, screaming, jumping out of the suite, chugging a beer with the fans, then jumping back into the suite. I watched this and it was pure pandemonium. Just pandemonium. Tell you what, man, if you don't run for president, this all is just going to go to waste. <laughs> this is all just, a, it looks like a political campaign. Stop. Stop. There's nothing political about this. This is just a man in his elements with his Bills Mafia compadres <laughs> enjoying the dead of winter. That's what this is. <laughs> I wish I would have stayed out there longer to actually get my nipples hard enough. Your thermostats couldn't gauge how cold it was yet? My thermostats didn't regulate to the temperature. <laughs> there was not enough cameras on the suite where you could see Kylie, though. I wanted to see her reaction to all of this so bad. I'm not going to lie. I gave Kylie a heads up. The moment we got into the suite, I said, I'm <laughs> taking my shirt off and I'm jumping out of that suite. And she said, Jason, right. don't you dare. I was like, hey, it's letting you know what's happening. I'm not asking for permission. I'm doing this. Once a Kelsey man's determined, there's no f- stopping him. And she was already telling me to be on my best behavior because we were meeting Taylor. This is hilarious. I was like, Kylie, when I met you, the first day I met you, I was blacked out drunk and fell asleep <laughs> at the bar. This is part of the charm. This is part of the Jason Kelsey charm. I want to make my best first impression. This is my best chance. My best first impression is the worst impression ever. So, so yes. Uh, that was them discussing Jason Kelt. I didn't know that was the first time they met Taylor Swift, though. With uh, J- But it was funny. Kylie Kelsey, after this clip aired on, I wasn't asking for permission. I was just saying I'm doing this. She tweeted out with the direct quote, I'm not asking for permission. I'm doing this. I'll say the same thing when I'm grabbing my keys and leaving the house to go get a cat. So Jason Kelsey might have a new pet at home when he gets there. Welcome into the Green Zone. Jamie Nye with you here on 980 CJME, 650 CKOM, as it's been a busy Wednesday already with the news dropping earlier this morning uh, that with the Globe and Mail report that they have sources uh, from London, Ontario, uh, close to the police, uh, reporting that they've requested five players to report to police in London to face charges of sexual assault from the 2018 World Junior Team. And London police have just posted this on their website that with the significant public interest in the case, uh, they are expecting to hold a press conference Monday, February 5th. So just over 10 days from now. Uh, so that is the update from London, Ontario uh, police this afternoon. More on the story as it develops coming up. Of course, we're getting set uh, for the AFC and NFC Championship weekend. We're down to the final four. And we know now a record number of you watched the AFC divisional game, the Kansas City Chiefs against the Buffalo Bills, the U.S. ratings over 50. 50 million, the most watched divisional round in the history of the National Football League as the Chiefs 
roll into the AFC Championship game yet again. Uh, Josh Klingler joining us, the sideline reporter for Kansas City Chiefs Radio at a 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. Josh, thanks for joining us once again. You bet. It's a weird situation, though, on the road this time. I mean, it's been so nice to be at home for these games. I mean, we're getting pretty spoiled, though, in Kansas City. I mean, six straight's pretty, pretty stupid number. I couldn't believe it. When so, when it was brought up that Patrick Mahomes never played a playoff game outside of Arrowhead except for the Super Bowl before he last week, like that is that's a bit nuts to me, Josh, on how spoiled you've been in Kansas City. Yeah, and there were there were people that said uh, around here. I mean, it's getting to the point where like, boy, I'd like to see what he could do on the road. This is kind of getting you know boring. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, he should play every game at home. It doesn't matter. But uh, you know, I guess check mark one more one more thing in his early resume of, uh, you know, winning a road playoff game. And, heck, if he wins another AFC championship and this becomes one on the road as well, um, boy, it's uh, it's kind of a runaway freight train at this point. Because at, at one point this season, I don't think a lot of people were sure this team could get this far. And uh, here they are with just as good a 50-50 opportunity to uh, to get back to another Super Bowl. I, I, I know you've covered this team, so I'm going to take you back I think five seasons ago when, you know, Patrick Mahomes this year, 27 touchdown passes that season. He had 26. He only played in 14 games. He played in 16 this year. Um, This was his worst statistical year since 2019, but they did win the Super Bowl that year. Is this team and the way they're doing it remind you of five years ago, or is this a completely different path uh, to potentially another Super Bowl visit? Um, a different path because this one's been more about the defense, but doesn't get the headlines. But um, when you have Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey, and now you know Taylor Swift on your roster, um, the the defense doesn't get a lot of uh, attention. So this been has been a you know a defensive fueled season. I, I don't think they got to where they thought they could get offensively this year, but to their credit, they got to the postseason and really kind of whittled down their offense. Um, they were trying to kind of force-feed a lot of parts, I think, during the season, trying to give guys opportunities, and stuff didn't quite work out in that regard. And so they decided to really kind of tailor their offense to run through Travis Kelsey, to uh, run through the rookie um, in, in Rice at wide receiver, and then to, to run the football with Isaiah Pacheco and then lean on the defense. So a little bit different identity as the season went along. I don't think it was the blueprint they had before the season, but you know, late in the season and certainly into the playoffs, they've played well to this year's team identity. I still think you're going to have probably more offense at different times for this Chiefs team. They're not as high-powered offensively, but you know, around here they've always said, boy, I wonder what Patrick Mahomes could do with a top-10 defense. Well, uh, he's got a top ten defense. He's got a top five defense. He's got a number of categories of number one defense. And so um it's been a it's been a different kind of different kind of playbook this year, but same results I don't think anybody's arguing with. What is the expectation of uh young Isaiah Pacheco uh after uh, I think it was a toe injury kept him out of practice? Um I think he's gonna be fine. Um he's he runs so hard. He I think he's just always gonna be on the injury list. He's gonna be one of one of those types. Um, that, that there's, there's always kind of something that's beat up. And so kind of precautionary. I think they know what they have in him as well, too. So I don't think him missing playoff or uh, practice time is going to be an issue. I think uh, Joe Tooney at, at, uh, at guard is probably the biggest injury for the Chiefs, uh, a strained pectoral muscle, and looks like uh, this could be something that keeps him out 
uh, this week, and he's a perennial Pro Bowl, all-pro type a guy along the offensive line, their best offensive lineman at guard. And then uh, linebacker Willie Gay, who I think will draw a lot of the uh, assignment of trying to keep Lamar Jackson kind of in a, in a, in a zone. Um, he's been dealing with a neck injury, uh, was out of practice, or was out of the game, I should say, last week after the first series. And so uh, we'll be keeping an eye on him throughout the week. Those are the two kind of major injuries. I don't think Pacheco will probably one that, that is uh, any big deal probably beyond today. I'm assuming he's going to uh, play. But the all eyes on certainly Willie Gay, and it looks like probably uh, Tooney will have to wait till hopefully uh, there is another game, if there is another game. Of course, uh, this week it's Lamar Jackson and uh, the number one seed Baltimore Ravens for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Josh Allen, mobile quarterback himself, uh, but I would uh, argue that the Ravens' defense is a bit better than the banged-up Bills uh, mm-hmm. were last week. Uh, how big of a yeah. challenge is this going to be for Kansas City to win back-to-back on the road? Yeah, much like I said with the Chiefs' identity this year, I think it's, this is going to be a defensive game. Mahomes and Jackson are going to be the headliners. There's no doubt about it. They, they're they going to get the brightest lights, but I think it's going to come down to defense. You have the number one and number two uh, scoring defenses in the NFL. You have the number one and number two uh Sack defenses in the NFL, uh, both are all over the place in terms of shutting people down. And so I got to think this is going to be a lower scoring game that, that comes down to, you know, who can kind of break through and, and manage possessions the best. They both have great kickers as well. And so um, that's almost a, a situation where that's a, that's a wash as well. So it's going to be who executes the best, I think, offensively against really, really good defenses. So, again, the, the headliners are the quarterbacks, but – I think the defenders have as big an opportunity to be the stars of the show coming up on Sunday. To, to take you over to the Baltimore side, it seems similar. The pressure on Josh Allen to beat the Chiefs, the pressure on Lamar Jackson just to have success in the playoffs, whereas the Chiefs, they've been there, done that. They know how to do it. How big of an advantage is that for Kansas City where the pressure to win isn't really on them because they had two Super Bowl rings? Yeah, I think the pressure is all on Lamar Jackson in this one. And and then I think the Chiefs are also kind of relishing a little bit being the underdog. They're, that's not going to happen much. It hasn't happened much over the recent years. And so I think there's a little bit of a chip on their shoulders. Certainly last week when everybody uh, – I felt like three out of every four national pundits picked the uh, picked the Bills, and the, and, the, and the Chiefs were not happy about it. It's, um, that A lot of people were saying, well, the Bills get this game at home, they're going to win. And so – the Chiefs use that as fuel, and I think they're pretty good at, at sometimes you've got to manufacture chips on your shoulder. I think if you're as good as the Chiefs have been, I think they'll use any kind of motivation. So I think this week is uh, probably a little bit, you know, Lamar Jackson has the pressure. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are a team that hasn't performed all that well in the postseason in, in, in recent years, and uh, also they're going to be going in there as a uh, handicapping underdog. So uh, all those things, I think, spin well in the, in the Chiefs' favor. And that's not to say they don't want to win, because they do, even though all the pressure seems to be off them. They they absolutely want to get back to the Super Bowl. And it's interesting, because I don't feel like there's been a lot of talk in previous years. I think everybody's been waiting to see, oh, can you get another back-to-back um, a Super Bowl, uh, something that hasn't happened since the Patriots. And, and that talk with this team is, has not happened at all. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised they were in this spot. I don't think the team was, but... I think around the country, if uh, you know, certainly if they get back through this one, uh, there'll be talk of that again. But I think the Chiefs have as good a shot as any to get back and to win another Super Bowl the way they're playing right now in the postseason. 
Josh Klingler joining us out of Kansas City, 610 Sports Radio and a sideline reporter for the Chiefs radio network as we look at the AFC Championship game against the Baltimore Ravens coming up on Sunday in Baltimore. But Josh, is this has this been the most frustrated you've seen Patrick Mahomes throughout the season at times? And when did it did, did you see it maybe click? Or was it not until the playoffs where they just figured out, okay, these are the guys I can rely on? Uh, your first question, yes. Certainly the most frustrating season for Patrick Mahomes. We had the the, the helmet-throwing situation at one point in time, and uh, there have been some stuff going on the sidelines of frustration. He and Kelsey, Travis Kelsey both. Um, I think it really kind of clicked in uh, week 17, uh, the game against Cincinnati. It kind of, they kind of, they, they had a good team, a Cincinnati team that's also had a little bit of the Chiefs number, if anybody has, uh, came into Arrowhead. Chiefs played really well offensively, kind of got dialed in a little bit more, and then they were able to, to really wrap up the three seed and not have anything to play for. So they had a week 18 essentially off for all the starters. And then I think they kind of, again, they kind of pared down. I think they pared down their offense to a certain extent where they were trying to find five and six wide receivers that were going to contribute. And, you know, not enough guys stepped up, and so they just basically said, "Okay, here are the here are the guys we're going to throw to. Everybody else, um, you're going to come and with very limited opportunities, and if you make plays, uh, great, and you better uh, because the ball's not coming to you much." And so I think they just kind of pared down, uh, you know, week 17, and then into the playoffs, and that's uh, been their most effective way to to play offensively. Look, it's it's funny because they're they're at this point, and they're probably you know. If they get to the to the to the Super Bowl, even they know they have a few deficiencies on offense and are going to take care of those in the off season. There will be some additions at wide receiver, if not one, two additions at wide receiver. So even though they made it this far, there's not a hey, we told you it was going to be fine a type attitude. I think they realize they're going to have some stuff they need to get to in the off season. Uh, do you know yet who will be in the uh, suite uh, for the uh, AFC Championship game? <laughs> Do you have a um, guest list guess, from Travis Kelsey? I I do not. I'm not privy <laughs> to that, but uh, I I think I think there'll probably be another Jason Kelsey appearance, um, shirtless or not. Um, you know that the trek from Philadelphia to to uh, to Baltimore is a very easy one. Um, Taylor Swift has been a mainstay as long as she hasn't had a concert. She's been uh, in tow as well, and so I gotta imagine she'll be there. Um, uh, Mahomes has his group that's always there. The Mahomes and the Kelseys uh, seemingly have been the the traveling traveling show as well. So I got to imagine they're all going to be uh, trying to get to this one as well. But uh, we'll see if Jason keeps his shirt on. He, he really diffused the crowd. I thought last week too uh, could have been an angry road crowd. And all you got to do is take your shirt off, jump out with the fans, and you know pound a couple beers. And apparently you make friends uh, even on the road in the NFL. So uh, Jason being there might help. I don't know. Well, yeah, nobody's going to mess with Jason Kelsey. I, I don't think, especially when he's uh, slamming bowling balls of beer outside with Bill's Mafia <laughs> and uh, being able to survive on his way into the stadium uh, last week. Uh, Josh, always appreciate your time. I know you got a lot of Kelsey and Swift madness to deal with, and it will go. It's been insane. It's been I mean, it, it has. It has been great. I don't think. I think Kansas City is, to my surprise. I think early on we kind of said, "Hey, don't." Don't overwhelm her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't bug them all the time. Kind of leave them alone. I think she's been able to kind of come and go in Kansas City. And, um, you know, it's, it's been more maybe of an issue on the road. Uh, but here in Kansas City, I think they've adopted her. Like, okay, you want to come hang out in our, our Midwestern city with, uh, one of the biggest stars in the world? 
uh, go for it. So it's it's been kind of a fun fun little ride with that as well. And of course, the the big uh, the big thing is that they make the Super Bowl. Uh, will she uh, be? Is it, I imagine she'll have time to fly back from Japan for the Super Bowl. She plays on the Saturday in Japan with Super Bowl Sunday the next day. So, uh, will it might be touch and go if Taylor can make it to Vegas. Well, we'll uh, we'll deal with that. I'm, I'm going to be superstitious. <laughs> we'll deal with that when need be. But it's, it's safe to say that I and many others have looked at her concert calendar and uh, figured out her her ability to get to both a a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl parade in between concerts if need be. So, but uh, yeah, deal with that if it if it if need be. Josh, always appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy the AFC Championship game this weekend. All right, appreciate it. Thanks. Josh Klingler joining us, 610 Sports Radio and Sideline Reporter for the Chiefs Radio Network. Chiefs, Ravens, Sunday. Who are you taking early in this one? I just have this weird feeling. And Chad's going to say, he's, he's going to call up a little later, I know it, and say, oh, now, now you see what I saw, that the Chiefs are making the Super Bowl again. He's right. All the pressure's on Lamar Jackson to win at home in Baltimore. The Chiefs, the Chiefs playing spoiler, like I, I'm, I'm just a little. I'm also nervous about the Lions. I think it might be a Lions Chiefs Super Bowl. All of a sudden, I just feel dirty saying that. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Bridge Farm remembers playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs. On this day in sports history, major event on this day, January 24th, 2010. Barb sprints to his right, throws back across the middle, and he's intercepted. It wasn't only that play at the end of Brett Favre's career against the New Orleans Saints. But that was the game when people started chatting whether or not the New Orleans Saints had a bounty out for Brett Favre with some of the hits he was taking. The Vikings were adamant that they were purposely trying to injure Brett Favre during that football game. And then again the next week when they went to the Super Bowl and did try to do the same. To Kurt Warner. Coming out of that was the Bounty Gate investigation and the scandal that led to some of the biggest penalties, including now Broncos head coach Sean Payton getting uh, suspended for a year and Greg Williams being uh, thrown in and multiple fines. Yes, it was the Bounty Gate game on this day. The Saints battered and bruised uh, Brett Favre on their way to a Super Bowl.